So as you will no doubt know, uh, it's a bit of a meme, long-running meme, that English and British food uh, is rubbish. Um, and you know, all you need to do is search British food, and you'll find pages upon pages of articles deriding English and British food for being disgusting, and oh, why do they eat that? And uh, I am here to set the record straight. Good, because, this because is, I've seen what the foreigners eat. Well, yeah, this is anti-English <laughs> propaganda, yes. and we need, to, we need to amend this. So first of all, Carl, we're both drinking tea. Yes. Cheers. Yep. We're far away, so we can't clink, but there we go. <clears throat> so, let's begin with the case against English food, okay? So, the sort of city-dwelling, avocado-eating, latte-sipping, metropolitan elite types, mm-hmm. um, the, the attitude among them tends to be that food has to be exotic to be good. That's, yes. that's what qualifies it as being good. Um, and that is kind of, uh, I think that attitude is summarized in this, this meme here. I mean, literally, it says at the bottom, if you can read that, why is my food so bland without multiculturalism? This is, this is the attitude that I'm talking about here. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I know. And I hate this attitude. So it's like, look, you, you actually can go to the shop, buy any spices that you like. <laughs> I mean, food is literally a fungible good. Yeah. There, are, there are these things called recipe books. Yeah. You know? <laughs> you, you, um, I mean, we, we literally used to import spices back yeah. from all over the world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, the attitude that, to just like the foreign is just an unvarnished good, you know, the exotic, yeah. strange, just that's what qualifies something as being worth your time. Um, and I really, I hate this attitude. Um, so the next, the next, uh, next one along again, it's, it's the same attitude, you know, spice, spice equals good, spice equals delicious. Yeah. This, this, okay. So I've got a thesis on this because mm. obviously everyone's seen the kind of spice wars uh, yes. with the, <laughs> the seasoning police. The, yeah. <laughs> the woman online. And it's like, right. Yeah. Okay. And so I, I've, I've, think about, I've been thinking about this because I've been watching loads of these videos. Now, watch this one of this black American guy who had this big bucket and he's just pouring literally tons and tons and tons of spices. Mm. And it just seems to be totally indiscriminate. Yeah. Just like tons of And I'm like, right, okay. But if you eat that every single day, you're going to become habituated to that. Right? Yeah. You're going to need the spiciest food you can have for you to even be able to taste it in the same way that an alcoholic has to drink more and more and more each day to get drunk. It's a great way of putting right? it, yeah. And this is something that I think actually speaks to uh, a kind of virtue about the English character, that mm. actually our food, it's not actually bland. No. It's, you know, we use salt and pepper and various, you know, whatever yeah. else. It's so we don't go crazy with it. It's and subtle. It, it, we, it, but it, we, also we don't use it on every single meal. Mm. And so when you actually have something with spices in, it's novel and tasty. Yeah. But then the other food that you have is also good. Yeah. Like I, Anyway, I'll go, I'll go on at length another time. But this is, yeah. I'm, I'm totally convinced, essentially, they have destroyed their own palates. Yeah, well, I think, I think that's right. Yeah. I, well, I, and again, it's something that's often said is the English attitude to food is to prioritize high quality ingredients. And that's yes. where the flavor comes from, not yes. caking it in, yes. you know, as the yeah. shop bought pre mixed seasoning. No, no, seasoning. And that, but no, that's, that's exactly right. Because, yeah. um, and that's been right for a long time as well, because I did a, a book club on um, a book called The English Are They Human? Hmm. Oh, I remember. Uh, yeah. This Dutch professor. And he was like, actually, one of the things he noticed was actually English food is good. It's just the meat is always insanely high quality. Yeah. And so the English have this habit of going, well, what meat is it? You know, what, what did you have? You said, I had lamb. Yeah. What did you have? I had pork. You don't say, I had, you know, veg, you know, cheese or carrots or anything like that. Mm. You say, you, you just tell people what meat you are yeah. having yeah. because English meat was always insanely high quality. Mm. And like, we're just in the habit. And so like, I don't need loads of spices yeah. to enjoy this pork joint. Well, you think <laughs> of the, the Sunday roast, the yeah. centerpiece is always the meat. Exactly. You know, you say on, on Sunday I had beef. Yeah. You, you know, that you don't, you didn't literally just have beef. Yeah, exactly. Although I did the carnivore diet for about a year. So but, there were but occasions. But most people <laughs> just assume. Yeah. You have, of course you have veg and everything like yeah. that. 
Yeah. But, but the meat, you know, that is the important part. But the point is, it's the way it's cooked and the way the, the high quality of the meat means you don't need to load it with crap. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So, John, if we can have the next one uh, as well. Um, again, same attitude. Nothing wrong with that. No, nothing wrong with that. <laughs> yeah. Sure, it's not the most flattering picture, let's say. The lighting's not great. No. And, you, know, it doesn't... you mash up the potatoes and mix them into the, the gravy and the mince. Yeah. And that's... That's actually tastes good. Yeah. And moreover, that's a very nutritious meal. There. I bet it is. And that's something else that, that I'm going to talk about. And it also um, means that we don't have to worry about the Germans flying overhead. <laughs> um, have you seen the American eating beans on toast for the first time? No, I haven't. Oh my God. I wish I'd known that you were going to do this. So I've got, there's, there's this video of this just, you know, sort of 20 year old American guy. But I hear they eat beans on toast yeah. in Britain. And so he makes the toast, he butts it, he pours the beans on it and then he just gets it. Okay, bites it, and he's just chewing. He's like, "Actually, this is really good." Yeah, and it's like, "Yeah, yeah it is." Actually, you know, yeah. you, you'd be surprised. And if you put a bit of cheese on it and mm. melt the cheese on top of it, man, it's all good. But like, you know, well, that's the funny thing is, you know, if you do look at some of these articles that do deride English food as being gross and bland and all that sort of thing, always comes from Americans. Yeah, but again, <laughs> I, I think their their cult, their palate is just bastardized. Yeah, I really think so. Anyway, indeed, and again, you know, the American food is. Well, very different in character to English food, in my view. American food is gross, actually. Um, the amount of calories in yeah. American food is just wild. Mm. Like, I, I, a few years ago, my wife and I went to America. I can't remember where it was. Like, something like Disneyland or something. Mm. And we'd, we'd gone to just a restaurant, and I was thinking, right, okay, I don't want to overeat. So I'll get a salad. I looked at the salad. It was 1,200 calories for a salad. <laughs> Half your daily calories in a yeah. salad. And I was like, Okay, but I want to have dinner tonight. That's absurd. You know, what am I going to eat? Like, the burgers are like 2,000 yeah. calories. And I'm like, how is this just possible? Like drowning in yeah. seed oil. Well, well, that's the thing. How is, it, exactly, yeah. how is this possible? I literally just pump seed oil into it yeah. or something. Yeah. But yeah, and so no wonder Americans are, you know, often yeah. massive. This has just occurred to me, but I think, I mean, what that is, it's, it basically is the, you know, America is a liberal project. That's yeah. basically the liberal attitude to food, where oh. everything is just to the most extreme oh, yeah. possible. Yeah. Whereas, English traditional food. I mean, for one thing, as I said, that's a nutritious meal, and that's because it will. That's it's not been sort of produced in a factory. That's a recipe that's been handed down. Oh, yeah. Someone's made that. Yeah. I mean, calling it a recipe might be going a bit far. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. <hey. laughs> um, but I tell you what, man. Like people, foreigners watching this, I'm telling you, right? Mash up those potatoes, mix the mince and gravy into it. That is actually good, yeah. and I'm not going to hear otherwise. Lovely. So anyway, if we move on to the next one, this is a, a Vice article. Talking about uh, foreigners who were shocked by British food. So, John, if we can just scroll through this very quickly, I'll keep it brief, but just look at some of the stuff that is said because I find it deeply offensive. Yeah. I mean, to if be fair, can... that looks like a crap pie. Well, yeah, but it, I mean, but it's from Greg's. Yeah, it's, it's Greg's. John, if we could scroll, just scroll down. Um, <laughs> I, I love go. this. Foreigners went to Greg's and they're like, oh my God, British food. It's like, that's yeah. not the same food <laughs> of British food. So, this, this chap here, I still don't understand the purpose of gravy. What? I, just, I don't really understand that criticism. Like, the purpose of gravy is to provide moisture and yeah. taste to the rest of the meal. Bring it all together. I mean, if you're having vegetables, why wouldn't you want gravy? Yeah, yeah. Just bizarre. If we're going, and go, also, like, the, oh, God, another thing is people don't make gravy properly, right? Put, well, that's true as well. Put the fat from the meat mm. into the gravy, and oh, my God, mm. it's so good. Unreal. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And, it, and then put that on your vegetables, and it's so good. Mm. Yeah, so, you want to boil the bones, make a nice stock. If you've got the time, I mean. Wine. Oh, my God. Know, if, if that, that takes a lot more time and I'm yeah. lazy. I just put the fat into the ready mix. Maybe. But 
Well, I was I did that sort of thing while I was at university because I was like, I've got so much free time. Well, I'm just we going to yeah. make bone broth and this sort of thing. Oh, that's good great. fun. Yeah, yeah. Um, so here, people put curry sauce on everything. I mean, do we? No, but I mean, <laughs> we put it on chips. Yeah, curry sauce has its place. Sure, if you get on chips. Yeah, and and the next one, John. <laughs> You put meat in a lot of pastries. Why yeah, is that criticism? Yeah. That's delicious. <laughs> that's good advertising. Yeah. yeah. Our pastries have got meat in. Oh, great. Yeah. And the next one. <laughs> so much cheddar cheese and everything. Just Chad, yes. Yeah. Why is that bad? <laughs> and again, let's keep going through these. It's normal. To, okay. So this one I wasn't so sure about. Do you eat crisps for breakfast? I don't really eat crisps. No. Well, neither. I, I, it's not that I have a you know, particular aversion to them, but yeah. I've never, is, they've never been my food of choice. Yeah. It's coming from a Frenchman. So I am going to say like, yes, I do eat crisps in the morning. What of it? <laughs> <laughs> and again, I think the next one's the last one, John. Yeah, but the French breakfasts are also peculiar. Yeah. Like, yeah. sorry. You, sorry, uh, for, uh, criticism of cuisine coming from the French. Yeah, but, it, it, yeah, but it's also like, you know, sorry, you have dessert in the morning. Yeah. Like you literally have dessert for breakfast. Yeah. So don't complain to me. Yeah. You know, I mean, anyway. But, this person, the general lack of spice has always repulsed me. Yes, average Indian opinion. I mean, come on. Like, again, just the attitude that, and I don't know, sure, this is a cultural thing. Right? It is absolutely a cultural thing. But the attitude that food has to be, again, it's always spicy. Yeah. That's, if I can taste my food and my mouth isn't on fire. Yeah. And don't misunderstand me. I like spicy food, right? Yeah. yeah. It's not, I mean, it's not my go-to. I would always, I'm, I'm, I genuinely love English food. So yeah, that's, that's too, my yeah. go-to. Yeah. Um, my, mine is a roast dinner. I just. Yeah, that's my number honestly, one. I just yeah. love it. Um, yeah, but, but yeah, this but this is like okay, you're an Indian. You're like okay, well, obviously everything you eat is like mouth burning spice. Yeah. <laughs> well, no wonder you don't like English food. Yeah, like your your habitual taste yeah. is towards that and nothing else. Mm. What are you gonna do? Yeah, you know. But anyway, moving on. So the I think the attitude that we're talking about among the the kind of indigenous English people who are likely to you know these kind of metropolitan types who regard yeah. English food as being. Uh, unsophisticated. Um, I think it does come down to that basic oikophobia that you know we always rail against. I mean, unsophisticated is a charge I'm willing to receive. You know, <sighs> like, mince and gravy and potatoes is not sophisticated. Yeah. It's yeah. not that it's not good. Mm. Um, you know, but I'm happy to be lowbrow. Yeah, yeah. But it's, I mean, again, I just don't understand why something has to be complicated to be good, right? And why it has to have so many extraneous ingredients to cover up the fact that it doesn't have an intrinsic flavor of its own. Yeah. Because that's what this is. All, all spicing is a cope. Yes. It is a massive yeah. cope because your food sucks. Yeah. That's why. Ingredient quality. Because yeah. you think, you know, you get a fork full like of a roast and you've got potato, yeah. gravy, carrot, meat on there. All that, that's a complex yeah. combination of flavors, right? Yeah. It doesn't have to be like this sort of, like the street food ideal of central <laughs> London. If you and, know what I mean. Yeah, and, and the thing is, I also know it was cooked in hygienic conditions. Oh, there's also that. Um, <laughs> like, honestly, though, I'm totally convinced it's just a massive cope. Yeah. But our food, so, I mean, look at the, like, just look at the, like, stringy lamb or something. Okay, mm. I'm going to need spices on that. Yeah, I would need spices on that. Yeah. You know, anyway. Yeah. Um, something else, but there's, there's also the attitude that if, if British or English food is not good, then it doesn't even exist, right? You know, the charge is always, oh, tea is from China. Fish oh, and chips yeah, yeah. is actually, you know, it's like uh, from immigrant communities and so on. Oh, yeah. Um, I just want to point out the fact, because I mean, I think I'm sure you've talked about this before, that something doesn't necessarily have to be sort of from here to be a tradition. Because no. tea, tea is not from here as such. She isn't from India. Yeah. But it's a, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's a it's a habit. You know, it's a habit of the English to yeah. drink tea. The, Therefore, it's a tradition. It, exactly. It's it's a, a, it's not the where the thing comes from. Mm. It's the people who do it. Yeah. For example, 
Yeah, fi- fish and chips is Jewish, yeah, but they don't eat fish and chips in Israel. <laughs> well, so what, exactly. You know, yeah. what now? You yeah. Know? So it's, yeah, anyway. So yeah. You're exactly right. It's, a, it's about what the people of this place do. Yes. Not where the ingredient comes from. Mm. Or, you know, trade isn't, yeah. anyway. Um, but I just want to move on then with that in mind to just, just very, very briefly go through some of the history of English food because it's really nice. So this here, you can look at this, um, the, the link is in the, in the yeah. show notes. This is the oldest uh, cookbook in the English language. So it's, it's in 1390. 1390. That's brilliant. Yeah. yeah. So it, it's, uh, it was produced by the, the master chefs of King Richard II. Right. Um, and it's written in Middle English. Um, and I thought we'd just listen, if we can have the next one, John. Um, I thought we'd just listen to this translation of it because it's just, I mean, it's always nice to listen to some, to yeah. some Middle English. But, um, it, it's so old, it needs a modern translation. Yeah. So if we, if we listen to this then. This form of curry is compiled of the chef master cookies of King Richard II after the conquest of England. By ascent, let's move this up. By ascent of masters of physique and of philosophie. What could that mean? <laughs> Let me just translate that for you. So it says this method of curry, or this method of cooking, is compiled by the chief master cooks of King Richard II after the conquest of England by ascent of masters of physic. So that would be um, medical practitioners and of philosophers and by philosophers. So there we are. Um, what, just just as a point here, mm. one of the, the reasons this is masters of medicine, the physicians mm. and philosophers, is because uh, your diet in pre-modern times was understood to be directly connected to your health. Yeah. And if you had Imagine some, that. Yeah, I know. Imagine. <laughs> imagine that. Yeah. And if you had an ailment of some sort, they would prescribe a different kind of diet. Yeah. And this isn't ancient. This, you know, the ancient Greeks did this, you know, medieval mm. people did this. This is just well known throughout all of history that what you eat affects your well-being. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's literally... Moderns can't handle that. Yes. I mean, it's it's, absurd to think that anything other than that is true. How could there be a direct connection between the things I put in my body and the health of my body? Yeah. Yeah, I Just insane. Wild. But anyway, I wanted to illustrate the fact that, you know, English cuisine does have a, a very long history recorded history as well because in this book i mean it's got i think it's like something like 158 uh, recipes um and as i said they're the recipes of king richard ii's master chefs mm. um so it is quite decadent stuff quite ex- extravagant a lot of it I'm gonna i mean have a look at this after it's brilliant i mean I, I've, I've put a link to this um this video so that's that's uh, this is the video that that was taken yeah. from. it's really good this guy going through um, this book, but some of the some of the more extravagant dishes include the use of heron, swan, whale, crane, and porpoise meat. Wow. So not stuff that you'd see today. Yeah, um, but okay, I won't try that. Yeah, but in general, um, it is quite a lot of it is very similar to what we eat today. It's a lot of sort of roasted, stuffed meats, um, kind of uh, balancing of sweet and sour flavors, um, and uh, stews. You know all that sort of thing. Um, and again, this is 1390 um, that this is going back to. So. You know, as as we move through time, um, we see the kind of uh, the development of what we today understand as English cuisine. Um, so, in the fifteenth and sixteenth centuries, it's kind of a continuation. Again, it's the roasted meats, the stews, broths, sweet and sa- sweet and sour flavors, um, and also the addition of butter and local herbs um, as like staple ingredients, which again is very much still the case today. Um, and then pies are introduced around the Tudor period, which mm-hmm. again 
you know, you think, argue with the yeah, pie. I mean, with Greg's, we just saw yeah. still eating pie. There's yeah. fast food chains based around the pie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then again, 17th century, we see broadly the same themes, um, you know, with cookbooks containing recipes for roasted meats, soups, stews, sweet and savory pies. Um, and we also see some French influences kind of becoming quite mainstream at this time. Yeah. Um, and also this is when tea and hot chocolate are introduced to England. Oh yeah, there would be. Um, uh, James Woodford's Diary of a Country Parson, um, it gives quite a good idea of the sort of food eaten in England in the 18th century um, by those who were reasonably well off. Mm. Um, so he says, to welcome some neighbours on the 8th of June, 1781, he gave them for dinner a couple of chicken boiled and a tongue, a leg of mutton boiled and capers and batter pudding for the first course. Second, a couple of ducks roasted and green peas, some artichokes, tarts and blancmange. Um, after dinner, almonds and raisins, oranges and strawberries, mountains and port wines, peas and strawberries, the first gathered this year by me. So again, you see sounds the like focus. Sounds an amazing meal. Sounds fantastic. That's, yeah, that's a banquet sounds, like that. But again, the, 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 the tremendous focus on high quality yeah. ingredients, meats, you know, yeah. nice quality stuff. Again, fresh fruit. Yeah, fresh. peas and strawberries gathered yeah. by me. Yeah. You know, local. Like natural. literally, I went and got these this afternoon. Yeah. You're eating. Yeah. That's just wonderful. To me. Mm. It's, just, it's just brilliant. Um, and the, the Sunday roast is also formalized in the late 1700s. So during the Industrial Revolution, um, families would place a cut of meat in the oven um, as they got ready for church. And then they would add vegetables and potatoes, parsnips, and so on, um, before going to church on the Sunday morning. And then when they got back, it was ready. ready to go. Yeah. Um, and as you said, they'd take the fat off, put it in the, you know, in the broth and have that as gravy and pour it over the top. Um, and that's the, that's the Sunday dinner, you know, yeah. the Sunday roast. Um, and again, that's a really, I, I just, I think people forget this. That's a really nutritious, well-rounded meal. Oh, yeah. And that's not been derived through nutritional science. No. That's been that's the knowledge passed down through yeah. generations that, you know, this is what a square meal looks like. It's also there's also a ritual to it. Like there's definitely a ritual of the Sunday dinner mm. in England, in English families. You know, like the whole family gets around to a massive feast, basically. Yeah. You know, we've got a massive meal and everyone is mm. bloated and then just spends the rest of the afternoon dozing. Yeah. Right. Just wonderful. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's just the best way to spend your Sunday yeah. afternoon. I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah. And I mean, I, I was lucky enough to grow up with that as a, you know, it's a very yeah, staple same. thing in my family that we yeah. do that. And also there's something else. Again, this is something that I just, I mean, I was never, my, my parents instilled this in me because they're just fairly traditional people. Um, but, you know, mealtime as being an important, you know, it's when the family comes together. Yeah. It's when, you know, sort of you talk about your day, you talk about what's going on in your life. Because, mm. um, I mean, especially in the modern world, we don't have a lot of opportunity to really come together mm. in that way. Um, and I think there's something beautiful about, again, if it's done over this really nice, wholesome, hearty food, mm. it's just fantastic. Um, oh, I agree. So the 19th century uh, sees the sort of widespread formalization of English cooking um, through lots of, and this is when you get like celebrity chefs yeah. becoming a thing. So they, and, they can actually produce cookbooks. Yes. Reprinted and that's right. Yeah, so there's lots of best-selling cookbooks, like for example, uh, Mrs. Beaton's Cookery Book, which is just a lovely name, and that's where this image is from, showing what a proper English desserts should look like. So my my wife is trying to practice her cooking, and mm. you know, to she, you know, she's Based. baking. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I might I might get her some classic cookbooks. Just to well, see I'm thinking about picking some up because again, a lot yeah. of what I eat is English anyway, but it would be really nice to have some really you know some yeah, old, yeah, yeah. nice copies yeah. of these books. Yeah. Um, and so. Then we move into the 20th century where English eating takes quite a dramatic turn, as you can imagine. Um, so the American influence yeah. begins to take root, like the cancer that it is. Um, <laughs> Sorry, American friends. And uh, the uh, sort of uh, more traditional foods are replaced with kind of instant foods in yeah. jars and cans. Um, spam, for example, yeah. dried cereals replaced bacon and eggs and porridge 
as, as breakfast foods. Um, and obviously, we also see the introduction of refrigerators, which yeah. is another big um, factor in, in, uh, in, in diet. Um, then, of course, there are the two wars and rationing, um, which significantly reduced um, a lot of the ingredients, the availability of a lot of the ingredients used in traditional foods, especially, you know, eggs, butter, sugar, flour, etc. Um, and so, yeah, English food, English cuisine it changes quite a lot. You know, what's being eaten en masse changes quite a lot. And then, of course, we move into the 21st century, which, you know, if you look at mainstream popular culture, English cuisine is understood as being basically kebabs, American fast food chains, yeah. curries, yeah. foreign. Yeah. And that's literally like, and, and, and any restaurant is it's a foreign restaurant. Mm. And again, back to what we were talking about at the start. So many, it's amazing how, like, you know, the sort of the pro immigration types, they will always cite yeah. food oh, as yeah. being like one of the primary reasons yeah. to not have a border. But we can have a recipe book. <laughs> yeah. Literally. We can translate it to English. Yeah. Have you heard of this thing called import and export? <laughs> Have you heard of this thing called movable type? Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, so that's, yeah. that's where we are, uh, English cuisine in the 21st century. It has been um, broadly, again, in the mainstream consciousness, I think, replaced yeah. with um, foreign, foreign food, food. Yeah. Um, as with so many other this, this This all looks great. <laughs> but yeah, no, so I wanted to finish off just with some, you know, some good, hearty, wholesome stuff here. Yeah. So... Um, there was this trend going on. Um, it was a few weeks ago I saw this, but it was just people saying, thank God I'm from wherever. Yeah. Um, and the English ones will always look the best. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, John, if we can go through some of these pictures here, we've got lovely beef, beef Wellington, Wellington yeah. yeah, pie, just beautiful. I mean, that looks good. Yeah. <laughs> I love beef Wellington. And again, it's not, it's not particularly sophisticated. It's, not, it's a handful of ingredients. But they're good ingredients. Yeah. That's the point. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah if we can go on, just, yeah. Yeah, just wonderful. Um, I'll tell you what, man, full English breakfast. Yeah, I mean, that looks great too. I, I eat bacon and eggs basically every morning. Yeah. But it'll give you cancer. Oh, fucking everything. Wrong. Cancer. Incorrect. Oh, I don't care. Everything gives me cancer. I'm, I'm not being I'm funny. resigned to it. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I genuinely. I'm not giving up bacon and eggs yeah. to avoid cancer. Well, I, I believe that nutritional science, a lot of it, I mean, I'm going to sound like a bit of a kook maybe. I, I, I think a lot of it is just wrong. Because I think. Well, that a lot you, of it has been wrong. Yeah. I mean, like they, they were saying, oh, it, it, fat was the. Problem. Yeah. It turns out no, incorrect. Sugar. Yeah. 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 But if you, I, I and think so, and, that. And not just that, like uh, saturated fats as well. They're yeah. Not about them. But, and eggs as well were stigmatized for the longest time. Mm. It's like they cause heart disease. Like, no, they don't. Yeah. Well, on, on yeah. saturated fat, 50, breast milk is 50% saturated fat. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know. and, and, uh, but there's never any word about seed oils. And no. Like, I mean, I've been radicalized by seed oil propaganda. Yes. Uh, which I think, I don't know if it's true, but I want it to be true. So I'm going to believe it. I just think that the best source, and this is, again, this is Oakshotty and this is Berkey. Yeah, yeah. And I think the best source of knowledge for this sort of thing is not what some scientist is telling exactly. you in a, in a study. It's the practice of the It's thing. looking at what we have been eating for the last thousand years. Yeah. And they're thinking, okay. Eggs. People were all really? right, right? <laughs> for, for me, actually, it's, yeah. it's the, the, the industrial process of the thing. Yes. You know, because I'm actually very skeptical about all of this now. Mm. Uh, and I've come to the point where, actually, I'd like the raw ingredient yes. to make my own food. Yeah. So I know precisely mm. what is in there, well, what isn't, you know? I, I caused a little bit of controversy in, in the comments when I was on the podcast with Josh um, a, a month or two ago. Because um, I said that I, I quite unashamedly believe in far more stringent regulation around food using the state to regulate food because I'm not a liberal I don't have a problem with using the state yeah, yeah. Um, because I think that a supermarket should basically consist of what I call single ingredient raw foods. ingredients yeah, yeah. yeah. meat yeah. 
veg, you know, and so on. Yeah. And not not this American BS that we see, you know, that where it's got you look at the ingredients and it's like a million different things that you can't even yeah, count. Yeah. What 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 are the chemicals yeah. that are in my food? Exactly. You know, I I was I thought I was buying just, you know, bacon. Yeah. But now there's currently, you know, there's loads of things I've no idea what they are. Yeah. And to me, it's just an unvarnished good to have everyone be healthier, frankly. Well, obviously. But my choice. Yeah. Yeah. I just I, I just don't agree with that. Yeah, no, no, no. It was your choice until we had an NHS. Now it's not yes. your choice. I'm paying for it. Yeah. So shut up. I'm not having this, right? But no, but yeah. seriously, though, I, I've I've come to the conclusion that the fewer processing uh, procedures yeah. your food has to go through, the better for you it will be. Well, it's, you know, that should be obvious. I, 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 I've, I've got no proof for this, yeah. I've got, but I'm just convinced that this is the case. I'm not yeah. going to be convinced otherwise. Source, so, trust me, bro. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah, it came to me in a dream, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. you know? So, John, why don't we just we'll just take a look at these last couple of uh, tweets here, just because it's nice. This account's really good, by the way. You should oh, follow yeah. him. Tom Bombadil is the picture. Um, and, oh, yeah. I do love good bread as well, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Freshly baked, you know, bloomer bread. Yes. Oh, yes. So tiger bread is it's so good. Beautiful. Yeah. Plowman's yeah. wonderful. Oh, yeah. yeah. And we'll go on to the next one, just to just to uh, <laughs> yeah, just again. I've had any breakfast. Yeah. Beautiful. Um, so I just I'm gonna finish up now. I'll conclude with just a, a quick thought. And I, you know, I will I, I know we're running out of time, so I'll keep it brief. But I do think that the traditional attitude to food is the is just the best all round. It's the healthiest, it's the most um, even like environmentally conscious, right? If you buy from local farms and you support local farms, there's a whole regenerative process to farming. People, you know, my a lot of people my age regard farming as being this. In, you know, purely damaging thing to the environment, but that's just an absolutely nonsense propaganda yes. line, right? Yes. Um, and I do actually think that, as I mean, as I said, I did the carnivore diet for like a year, so I was literally only eating raw dairy, meat, and eggs for a year, and it was great. I had a great time. I was yeah. I was the fittest I've ever been. And I know, do you still do keto? Yeah, yeah. I I, I appreciate those diets, right? I do appreciate the aim because I mean, I know you've you have become more healthy as a result. Oh yeah, way more. Um, and well done for that because it's it's very admirable. But I do think that those sorts of diets, where it is you know the kind of imposition of a set of rules to your mm. diet, that is quite a, again what Oakshot would call it's rationalistic. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Is. Um, but because I do think that a traditional attitude to food, as as anything, mm. is um, I don't know, will just yield a better result because that's I tend to eat. Again, I just tend to eat English food. You know, I, I have bacon and eggs for breakfast. I have a lot of roasted meats and vegetables. I don't go too crazy with spices and sauces and so on. Yeah. Because um, I just think that that's kind of the healthiest way to be, based on the fact that there's a thousand years of history before yeah. me. You've got a lot of precedent. Yeah, yeah. Again, I mean, the kind of collective stock of wisdom, yeah. as as Burke would call it. Yeah. My 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 problem is essentially living in the modern world. Mm. Uh, it's convenience. That, yes, you know, it's I'm really busy yeah. all the time. And that is the. I, so, don't get me wrong. I recognise that you know it, it can come across as, as quite sort of bourgeois and out of touch. No, no, no. It's 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 not even that. It mm. it it's. I would ideally mm. uh, have the kind of lifestyle where that would be the case. Yeah. But unfortunately, in the modern world, it's hard to have that kind yeah. of lifestyle. Which is why I personally don't have an issue using the state to make it so that it is the case that everybody basically eats in that way. So there we are. English mm. food. Very, very good. Don't listen to the propaganda. Um, and go and eat a roast dinner today. Yeah, traditional English food is brilliant. What they're calling English food now, it's not. Yeah. Anyway. Thank you for watching that segment from the podcast of the Lotus Eaters. If you enjoyed, why not visit our website where you can get the podcast live from 1pm UK time in full, uncensored and for free. 
And for as little as £5 a month, you can get access to our extensive library of premium content and help us keep the lights on around here. With articles like this by John Tangney about political homelessness with an audio-narrated track for silver and gold tier members. If you'd like to see the rest of the content that the team is putting out, you can follow us over on Twitter at at LotusEaters underscore com. Until next time, goodbye.